Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome to the Roma Press Podcast with John Solano and Andy Mattioli. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Roma Press Podcast. We hope you are doing very, very well. Andy, second match of 2021, second consecutive victory. Before we get into that, I have to welcome our newest patron over at Patreon, David Rinali. David, thank you so much for your support. It is greatly, greatly appreciated. If you want to get early access to the episodes or extra episodes as well, as long as, as well as our rent work here, you can go to patreon.com slash Roma Press. Okay, Andy, yesterday. Um, that was phenomenal, right? I, I mean, that was the kind of match that, again, you would expect the typical Roma in the winter months to draw points on. And I, I think above all, because listen, we can't sit here and overreact and pretend that they defeated somebody like Milan, Inter. Nonetheless, I do think it was important. And above all, the thing that stood out to me most and probably I appreciated the most from yesterday's performance and result is that you didn't have the usual suspects stepping up. The best performances came from the likes of Cristante. I mean, my Mayoral, what... I can't even describe that second goal. That was so, so wonderfully taken. Um, I, I have to go back and look, but surely, to date, that's one of Roma's, from an aesthetics point of view at least, goals of the season. That's the part for me that I appreciated most from yesterday. Yes, and and also it's it's again it's a testament to to the notion of. Uh, yes, big games are important against big teams. Uh, the Inter game, the Lazio game are going to be huge, and it's a it's a it's a whole buzz for for the fan base. But these games are the trickiest. These small games, and these are the ones that you must win at all costs. These are the games where you have to look back on them and have absolutely no regrets. I think that was pre- pretty clear from the get-go with uh, what Roma wanted to do um, to Crotone. Crotone tried to create. Roma punished them. They they pressed them really, really high up and and recovered the ball. And 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 by the by the end of the first half, it was three to nothing. Um, and it was it was done in a very impressive manner. It wasn't any sort of shithousery or um, luck. It it was just really good performances. Everybody contributed, maybe aside from uh, Carles Perez, who looked more like a like a, a bad version of of Iturbe. Um, but it, that's that's the thing is that this team, you know, you have these standout performances in Cristante in VR, 
um, in 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 Borja Mayoral, Mkhitaryan, who's just you know living a crazy moment. I I would argue he's even in a better moment footballing wise than he was in, in that stretch at Dortmund. Um, because he really everything he touches he turns into gold, you know. Uh, and and that touch, the way he manages to get the ball down um, on right before he assists for Borja Mayoral, Cristante launches this ball, um, and, and he just with one touch brings it down beautifully, and then assists to Borja Mayoral. It's it's we. This is a team that is definitely um, has has learned its lessons against these smaller teams. Now they go on much more confident. Um, they know they can't afford to lose points in these games, and now it's the time of the big games. Now it's the time of of proving your worth. Um, of seeing, hey, can we do this? Obviously. Again, this is you know we can't expect too much. I, I'm I'm trying to sort of keep the expectations um, at bay because if this team were to beat every single other big team and every single other smaller side, then we'd be you know we'd be scudetto winners with a uh, hundred points, and and we're not that team. So it's going to be interesting how now with you know with the return of Spinazzola. Um, Maybe maybe Pedro back from injury, whatever. Um, it's going to be interesting how they carry on this sort of performance, where and and that Sampdoria one where it was really gritty. Um, how how do they carry on that to to these bigger games? For sure. So before we get to Perez, because I think that is something worth talking about, and I do think that it is becoming a bit concerning because we really haven't seen much from him at all uh, up this season, I guess you would say, other than a couple of moments. Um, again, the two performances that stood out to me, obviously Mkhitaryan, but the ones I want to focus on, again, Majoral and Cristante. Let's start with the latter, because I think this is a guy who I mentioned in the previous episode. He is or was a bit of a punching bag, a meme a guy who drew a lot of criticism. Now, I think a lot of that has to do with a couple of things. I think Monchi vastly overpaid for this guy, A. And then B, played out of position. There is no doubting that Cristante has been moved around. He's gotten a bit of an unfair uh, deal since he came to the club. He sort of reminds me of Florenzi in that regard, where he's coming off a really good season and then... Less than six months later, he's playing in a completely different role. He scores nine goals at Atalanta, playing just behind the striker. And he arrives at Roma, he plays at Mezzala, he's playing deeper alongside Inzonzi, De Rossi. So I think now that we're seeing him finally settle into a role, into a position, he has been showing some very, very positive things. But again, I don't want to overreact because it was Crotone, but... He is enjoying, Andy, a very nice stretch here, and I don't think we can discount that because for the first time, he knows his role. He knows what he's supposed to do on the pitch, and I think that is finally starting to show. 
yeah, and it's a it's a very similar thing to what to what has happened with with Karsdorp, uh, meaning that Fonseca has has seen what the potential is in some what the what the what the strength of of that particular player is, and and you can see that in Cristante because he. He can still do dumb things, you know. Sometimes he's too eager. Uh, that's the one thing that sort of comes along with. It's inevitable because this guy is notice that even when he loses the ball, usually he's the first one to recover it because that's how eager he is. The over, that takes, you know, that sometimes is too much, can cause a foul here, a foul there, um, a yellow card here, um, or in the case of Bologna, a blasphemy that costs you a game. So it's and and again it's this he's such a an interesting player to me because some of the balls that he served to the likes of Karsdorp, Mkhitaryan, oh I mean gosh. he just the, the long he, ball was unbelievable. I mean, yeah, the long ball it was and and he had like three of them from it seemed like he was a few steps away from Paul Lopez. Next thing you know, the ball is is in Crotone's sixty-yard area. So. Those are things that that only a select number of players in this team can do, and it's weird to know that Cristante is one of them, um, because we, for you know, a lot of the time we complained about how the lack of technical skills, but sometimes you see these flashes of real great stuff, and and again yesterday he strips. See me um, from uh, from the back. I mean, again, that doesn't cause a penalty. Beautifully recovers the ball, and then proceeds to let the action roll. And yesterday, that was his main role, along with VR. I was surprised that both of them were the ones who would start the action for the whole team. They were the ones that recovered the ball and then pr- let the ball progress forward into the the, the feet of of Mkhitaryan, Borja Mayoral, Karsdorp. Um, so that's that's really a, a big positive. If you can, you know, if if you have these players that that seem to be fading away. I mean, Karsdorp, what was his future here? What was his overall career at? Um, he had a, a he had a plenty of injuries, bad season back at the uh, Feyenoord, and then back here with no real purpose. Um, and now he's contributing. Same for Cristante. You know, um, we're finally seeing why perhaps De Rossi was the one to point out that it's worth having 11 Cristantes on the pitch um, because you see a guy that is willing to 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 play like hell for for the team he plays for. And right now it's working out great. And um, I think that's all you can ask for when you go into uh, these types of matches and then you carry on that to, to bigger games. And I hope to to see the such individual performances on this same level um, against tougher opposition. Right. And now my Horao. I, I have to tell you, when, when the news sort of leaked out the, the, uh, the other day that Jekyll might not play because he suffered a muscle tweak, which ultimately <laughs> turned out to be wrong, and we'll, we'll get to that in a little bit too because um, plenty to talk about in that regard, but when it was learned that Jekyll would not be available, now, yes, he did come on late in the match, but we all went into that thing and he wouldn't play at all. I was pretty worried, and we have to remember, too, 
And it took me some time to even think back to it, Andy, but I couldn't remember the last time my Hodal even was on the pitch other than, you know, beyond the usual 10 to 15 minute cameo. I think the last time that yeah, came to my Ge- mind Genoa was and in the Europa, Europa League, League in early right. December. So really, this was the first uh, start, essentially. Yeah, I mean, this was the first important stretch of time on the pitch that he was getting for some time. And I thought it would be one of those matches where Roma get chances, but they just struggle to convert. You know, you're getting close to the door, but you can't get the ball into the back of the net. I have to tell you, everything that Mahorab did yesterday, I loved. He showed the versatility that uh, the other uh, Vichy Dzeko have not shown in these last few years. He has shown that he can play inside the area. He can do uh, some things in the buildup. He can score from outside the area. He can take opponents on by himself. I, I have to tell you, he is showing so much more than I expected and he doesn't play exactly the way Jekyll does. So it's almost as if he uh, allows the team... Uh, it's like he's uh, another tool in their tool belt, so to speak. You know, he, he and, them, and what was most uh, encouraging about it is that, play. that that I second goal is something that he creates it. on his own. You know, it, 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 it comes out of him just the way... Uh, Pedro had that winning goal against Udinese. Both are very similar goals because it's it's two players from outside the box um, just taking it, you know, beautifully into the right corner. Uh, fantastic shot. And it was shot with confidence, with purpose. Yes, he might have looked surprised that he hit it, but there is part of me that says he knew that I was going in, you know, and um, th- that showed the player that felt confident. I think that's our biggest um, sort of the biggest criticism that I can say about all these Jekyll substitutes in the last uh, few years with Schick, Kalinic. They never look confident um, with the team, meaning the team could look confident. The team would have a good game, but then, You'd say, oh, but who are the 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 players that didn't do so well? And it usually included the 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 substitute who was supposed to cover for Jeko. Um, and here it wasn't the case. You know, he it was clear that that Borja Mayoral f- felt much more integrated into the game plan. Um, he had a lot more touches. I remember the the first couple of starts he had for us in the Europa League he maybe he touched the ball twice uh, in, in a whole game yesterday he had multiple touches and and it always led to something good you know it, it always led to uh, a progression made by Karsdorp an intelligent pass but made by Mkhitaryan it always was something um, really clever that helped the team push forward and there is something about him, you know, he's had, he's struggled, you know, throughout his career. He's only 23. So there is still time for him, plenty of time. Uh, There's just very, it's, it, he's very funny because he's not, he's not as physical. He's not as towering as Jekyll. Um, but he's also not a pushover. And at the same time, he's not a false nine. He, he, I think there is a lot, a lot of potential that you can get out of him in these little matches. I think that he can become a very important Jekyll substitute for this season going forward. 
Oh, for sure. I mean, after what I saw yesterday, um, part of me just screams, I want to see more of him. Sort of how we felt about VR before he really had this explosion. Uh, there's just something about him, the versatility. And I don't necessarily think that would be a bad thing. It's not as if we're talking about a Jekyll who's 28 years old anymore. So I would actually prefer for Fonseca to find ways to integrate him more. I would like to see him uh, start these smaller matches against the provincial sides. There's, I think just what he offers from uh, a characteristic standpoint, even if he's not scoring goals, I think he creates enough space to allow others to score goals as well. And what, what we saw yesterday was brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Um, so Perez, uh, you brought it up. Um, wh what is it with him, man? I, I can't put my finger on him. You know, I, I couldn't tell if this was a serious comparison or not, but you, you mentioned Itorbe. I have to be honest with you. I, I honestly think when you look from, um, from an individual ability and skill standpoint, I think Perez is more talented than Itorbe ever was. To me, this looks all mental. I, I, I don't think this has anything to do with ability. Yeah, d definitely. And But you know what? what is probably funny and sad at the same time, or maybe not sad but surprising, is that at the time that we got all three of them, Ibanez, Perez, Villar, they both, the all three came in, in the January transfer market a year ago. Um Perez was the one that we regarded as the most ready, you know. We we knew something about him, you know. He came from Barca. We said, oh, we, he didn't get the shot that he deserved. Um, the few things that we had seen were good. The Everybody was praising that operation. And 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 the other one, you know, oh, Ibanez, why, why didn't he play at Atalanta? Why, why so little time, you know? Um, VR from the second division in Spain, Elche. What, what is that? You know, um, we didn't know anything about these players, and Perez was the one that came in with sort of the 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 the, the, the bigger acclaim, and he's the one who's doing the worst right now. Ibanez is brilliant. Um, that was another good, very good game from him, aside from a stupid foul. Uh, then VR is impressing everybody with his presence with his tenacity and Perez is 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 a lot of smoke you know it, it's you have that feeling that there is something there but even in this Crotona game he never really got the chance to to get a shot off you know he never was uh, let go in front of goal never never found himself to to never managed to dribble past the player um, he was stuck there. He did his job, you know, defensively. Um, he had, you know, he he, he th th there was work rate. You know, you can't say that he was just walking around the pitch. He did things, but it just wasn't enough. And and you just couldn't see um, really what he offers you. And, and I thought this was a perfect opportunity, especially after uh, Fonseca had complimented him. Uh, in the past game, he said, you know, out of the blue, he said that Perez, you know, has, has shown signs of growth. This game could have been it, right? Like it was for Borja Mayoral, where you said, you know, you had to, it's sort of like a heat check in, 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 in like in the NBA, you have to check, you know, you have to see if, if this player can still ball, right? Like you had to see if, can, can Borja Mayoral make the best of this occasion? 
And he said, yes, I can. And he scored two goals. Um, unfortunately, that wasn't the case for Perez. It really is an interesting situation with Perez because there are really two options. You can send him on loan. Perhaps this puts him in a better mood, allow him to find continuity, or you could keep him at the club like Roma did with Gonzalo Villar. And look how much that has paid off. So I can see both sides of the argument, but I don't know what the correct approach would be. You could easily make the case for one or the other. Now, I'm more so leaning towards sending him on loan only because that is the reason why he left Barcelona to begin with. He was looking for more consistent playing time, and if he's not getting that at Roma, why would he continue to stay? So that's the way I think they will go with it. I do think there's a possibility if they can close for somebody like El Shadawi that they will try and find a team that can provide him playing time. But what do you think about this? Because it really is one or the other. No, it's true that uh, it's it's a very strange situation, especially because, yes, you're looking at, you know, El Sharawi, you're looking at Bernard. So obviously wingers, wingers, you want wingers, you, you're you you're looking at experienced players um, because right now your only offensive changes that you can make uh, are Borja Mayoral, uh, Perez, Perhaps Pedro, if he comes off the bench, whatever. But that's very limited. And Roma need players. They need options. So part of me says, even though they bring in an ex- more experienced winger, they're still going to um, to keep uh, Perez just because you have more guys to throw in into a game, especially with five substitutions now. Uh, but at the same time, this is a player that I think if he doesn't get enough playing time will never get out of his slump and Roma right now cannot grant him the playing time that one a player like him would need um i think there is going to be you know a final occasion for him in in the coppa italia probably something like along those lines and if he answers then then uh, we we will start to um maybe appreciate him more but it's weird because remember that goal against Benevento that he had in the start of the season. I mean, that was that was a goal of personality. That was a goal of pure skill. And after that goal, you expected more of him, and he didn't deliver. And that's weird. It's weird because um, we've seen that with Ibanez. We've seen that with VR, both players that really came out uh, out of the blue and surprised everybody. And uh, Perez, on the other hand, came from something. You knew something. That name told you something. And um, instead, you haven't seen uh, a, a lot of it. For sure. He he needs to improve and he needs to do so quickly if he is going to stay because the opportunities that he is being handed, he's just not imposing himself and making it evident that he's even on the pitch. He's making very, very little impact. Okay, now, Andy, Inter at the weekend. Sunday, it is the big match. I hate these early afternoon matches, I, I have to add. I don't know why this this one is the early match on Sunday, but it is what it is. I don't want to get into Fonseca's record against these big sides. We've talked about that ad nauseum. The caveat that I would like to throw into this, though, is in all of the big matches, and I say all of the in air quotes because Fonseca has been here for one and a half seasons, but... I'm hard-pressed to find a moment in which Roma was entering one of these big matches 
with this much confidence, I, I feel like that should play a very, very big role in this. And I hope it has an impact. Yes, I, I mean, obviously, I still, uh, I still think that Inter have an advantage um, quality-wise. Just you know, and and obviously the one the Inter that we saw against Sampdoria is not the Inter we're gonna see against Roma. Uh, Lukaku is gonna be playing the full ninety minutes. Um, this is a team that, when they're on, they're on, and and uh, we saw them go on a winning streak um, that says a lot about them. Obviously, this is a this is a team that I think has different objectives than Roma. It's pretty clear the expectations are way higher for them. The one the one interesting fact though, John is, and I really don't want to jinx this. I, I hope that me bringing this uh, will not affect the match. <laughs> Fonseca is Fonseca is one of the two coaches uh, in the Serie A um, that that uh, uh, Conte hasn't uh, beaten so far in his experience with with him. well we're finished now you just said it it's over <laughs> oh my goodness it's over now okay well i just it was an interesting fact i was trying to think of like an alternative to um why we would have a slight advantage well hey maybe maybe i think that okay here's a here's a counterpoint to that is that i think that inter are in a place where their biggest weakness is that conte hasn't been flexible Conte in in game management usually is not very good at least uh, in this this season so far that's his biggest problem is that he sticks with a formation he sticks with a game plan when that doesn't work he can't find the answers yes he throws in players and they have quality they, you know they can they can throw at you the likes of Eriksen Vidal um Sensi even but 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 the problem is that he doesn't have that flexibility that sometimes allows him to 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 really impose himself in these games. And I think that this Roma team, on the other hand, right now is going through a stretch of games where they have shown they can be flexible. And Fonseca has come up with all sorts of answers. Spinazzola is not there. We we can we can we can find answers without him. Uh, Pedro's not there. We can find alternatives. Diawara is not working out. Diawara is out of shape. Okay, here's VR. Um, that's that's really been a, a big, big positive and uh, and and something that Inter haven't been doing. Um, so I think that we have yes a quality side playing against us, um, a, a team that really is fighting for the scudetto, unlike us. But Roma. Um, have shown signs of of, of really uh, great uh, determination and flexibility, and I think that also gives them uh, just much, just as much of an edge as as Inter. So, despite you having already set in motion the Portuguino, you think they're going to win, yeah? Oh well, that's <laughs> that's a big word. I exp- you know, I think that a, a draw would be something more along the lines of what I would expect um, because this is going to be a tough game. And I always think that in these big games, we I mean, the, the signs are all there. We've done a lot of stupid things. Um, so, hey, maybe that happens again. I don't know. It's just this is a team that I think can 
Um, it's it's isn't it? I mean, we we talked about this before the Napoli game, before the Atalanta game, and then you know we got slapped around. Um, but it feels different, no? Going into this game, don't don't you feel like that? It, it, there is it, it. It seems like a bit the the wind has shifted a bit. Well, this is a worrying one, man. Only because this Inter, I think they were hard done against Sampdoria. I don't know if you watched, but I thought they were the better side. They were extremely unlucky. They didn't take their chances very well. But I don't know what to make of them, only because there is no middle ground with this Inter. It seems like you get the very, very good version or you get the very, very bad version. It's one way or the other. There is absolutely no middle of the road with them. And I guess when you break down this match, that's quite a worrying prospect, only because, as you already alluded to, from an individual quality standpoint, they have loads of it. So that's the thing I am worried about. However, I want to just reiterate this. I can't help but feel that Roma having this confidence entering this game with these results and these performances in hand, I can't help but feel that that is going to play a big role in the way they deal with this match. And perhaps that is something that they have been lacking in the big matches previously. But it's also interesting from the standpoint of this Inter, they very, very much struggle in the first half against teams. It doesn't even matter who it is, but they're able to come back so quickly and fiercely against teams. I mean, they can erase leads in a moment's notice. And it almost seems like it's a clash of styles here because Roma, they do extremely well in the first half of matches. And then in the second half, they tend to have their drop-off, right? Juve, Atalanta. We can find example after example, especially if you want to look at the big matches. So, where are you with that? How do you think that plays into it? I mean, Inter in the second half of a match going into ha- going into a break, it's not as if you're feeling extremely confident against them. Yeah, because they have the quality of the bench. I mean, you put you know Sensi for Gagliardini or or, or Eriksen for Young, and and you get a different match. Hey, real quickly, just going back to the match yesterday, somebody in our patron WhatsApp group. They asked if we thought that the Kumbula situation is comparable to that of Diawara, comes back from COVID and isn't playing nearly as much as we thought he would have. Now, just in my opinion, I don't think they're similar only because it's not as if you had somebody emerge out of nowhere in the department of Kumbula. But I have to say, yesterday, I did think he was going to start. I think most of the newspapers and websites had them in their probable formations. Is that something that concerns you at all or no? Because I, for me at least, I, I think the two situations are much different. But listen, I think that the Kumbula thing, I mean, I, it's reading too much into it. I, I'm, I'm one of those people that would like to see more of him. Um, but I, I do think that he's going to get his shot, especially um, since Ibanez just needs one more yellow card and he's out. He misses an, a game. So um, I believe, and uh, you know, you go into a match like Inter, you can bet your ass there will be uh, plenty of yellow cards, especially with Di Bello and Mazzoleni um, at, uh, as a referee and at the VAR. So 
Kumbul, I think, is going to find the stretch of games pretty quickly. You know, uh, Lazio potentially, then maybe the Coppa Italia game. So, um, it's. I think that yes, there is an aspect of that that this team needs uh, to to build consistency because you are already switching. You know, the likes of Bruno Perez. You're putting on Bruno Perez there. You are taking off Pedro because of the injury. Um, so too much switching around sometimes may backfire. He still got his his what 30, 35 minutes yesterday. So that's. That you know, that's still a sign that you're not forgotten. You're there. I mean, he did the same with Smalling uh, a few weeks ago. Um, with Diawara, though, it's it's pretty clear. You know, this is this is a former Roma player. I mean, right now we can't talk about a former Roma player because if against Crotone, you're not even considered as a substitute as as anything really that that can uh, help uh, improve the, the 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 quality of the game in the second half. Um, then it's 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 pretty evident that I think the ultimate choice will be in the in the Coppa Italia, um, and after that, it's uh, it's can we find a solution for him? We also know Fonseca likes Bernard of Everton. He's an option. I I don't know if if he will arrive. If you were to ask me right now, I think El Shadawi has the greater possibility of arriving just because his brother Manuel is in talks with Shanghai to terminate his deal, whereas they prefer to obviously sell him. I don't think they're going to find a buyer, though. If 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 they were to find somebody interested in El Shadawi that is willing to pay a fee, it's going to be very nominal. So we'll have to see what happens with that. But if you were to ask me right now, I am pretty confident that El Shadawi, in this moment, let's remember, these transfers very fluid. They change by the minute, by the hour. I do think in this very moment, as you're listening to this, that that he will arrive because uh, he has made it very clear, both to Shanghai and his brother, that Roma is priority number one. So I hope he arrives. I think he's the perfect player. I think he's exactly what Roma needs in attack. So we will see what happens with that. So thank you for tuning in. We will chat with you again on Monday. Until then, ciao. Ciao.